Welcome to the premiere episode of The Combat Assures. I'm your host, Manpreet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night. Andrew Boy on Twitter, at MMALOTN. And I got my co-host with me. You guys have never seen his face before. Not a part of MMA Twitter, but he's a best friend of mine for the last 12 years. We got my man Tony here. What's up, everybody? Hey. So uh, just a quick background on me and Tony. I've known this guy for 12 years, and I'm pretty sure... Is it 12 now? I think it's 12 years. I think 07 or 08. So maybe 11 years. Something like that, yeah. I uh, want to say I was like 19 or something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we started watching UFC around the same time. Same time, yeah, I was about to say. I think it's hardcore. Yeah. I saw like a couple events to begin with, yeah. but I don't exactly know. I Like one of my first memories is Machido Shogun 1. Yep. Yep. I think that was like from then I think on, even before, like, yeah. No, it was a little before. Clo- actually, right yeah. before. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was a Lesnar thing though. For me, at least yeah. it was Lesnar coming over. And then I completely ditched wrestling and I fucking went balls deep into MMA. And yeah, UFC. you're right. Mir Lesnar. But I remember, I think the the first big fight for me was Rampage Liddell. But then yeah. that was just like a little teaser. I'd watch a couple events here and there after that. Yeah. And then after that, it just kind of, I think UFC 92 onwards. You remember that one? That was the ultimate one, right? Was Vanderlei and Rampage yeah, was on like that tri- one? Triple, I think triple header. That one was yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. Griffin, I think I, Griffin Evans, I think, was on that as well. Yep. Yeah, no. Yeah. Me or Noguera, that was on there for the interim title. Yeah, Those, yeah. So me and Tony have been watching yeah. UFC for a long time together. And honestly, every time we get together, it's pretty much all about UFC. That's yeah. all we talk about. Even when we're gaming, we're playing like Call of Duty or some shit, we're talking about UFC. Yeah. You know, and I thought the only person I could really have a co-host for a show that I'd want to do of this fashion would be my my boy Tony. So I'm happy to have him along for the ride. Well, I'm happy uh, to be here. We got my man Big Rob, who's always going to be helping us out with the production side and he has a little bit of a role too, so you guys just stay tuned for that one. Uh, but you guys obviously know him from the casuals and and everything else he does behind the scenes for me. So, um, pretty much, I got a, a a nice format that I got uh, in mind for this show. Um, we're going to be covering the topics right now. I think the first two or three episodes we're going to do once a month. So we're going to cover the prior months, uh, big news, uh, how things have shaken up since then, uh, what it means for the, the the future of that specific division or a specific champion or something like that, um, and then other you know small headlines that we can quickly tackle and get out of the way and and you know just give our thoughts and views and our perspectives on it. Um, yeah, so I just like, yeah, so we're going to have three main stories that we do for you guys. Uh, and we're just going to kick off with the, the first one right off the bat uh, with uh, pretty much everything that's been going on in the Bantamweight division, especially in February. So just to, for background sake, uh, Marlon Marais knocked out a Sun Sao in the second round, or was that a first round finish? That I'm was first remember. round. It was, was submission. 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 Okay. He rocked him. Marais' dominant statement against Rafael Sun Sao uh, in Brazil. Uh, to kick off the month, actually. That was the first fight of the month. And then uh, Aljamain Sterling uh, headlined the prelims of the first ESPN card, uh, taking away a very gritty, strategic, and dynamic victory over Jimmy Rivera in that fight. So out of the two, who would you say had the more impressive performance? Who did you like out of those two? Like, who do you think made the biggest statement in a bantamweight, in the bantamweight realm of things? Definitely have to go with Marlon Marais. Right? The way he finished Asuncao, like that was very, very surprising. I actually thought he would probably win a decision, if anything. Maybe like a later TKO finish or something like that. Yep. But he just ran through him, rocked him, immediately choked him, done, finished. I'm pretty sure like every prediction video I saw for that or prediction article I saw was Marlon Marais by decision. Yeah. Like nobody expected yeah. that fight. I even think the over-under on that fight was set in that four and a half as well. So nobody really expected yeah. that fight Asun- to go to a finish, Asun- right? Asuncao's such a tricky fighter though. He makes like these top guys look kind of... Like he just stifles people and yeah. he looks to counter and it's hard to get... Like you saw it in the first fight. Yep. Marlon, he he probably he should have won that fight. Yep. Most people I think... Everybody agrees. Everybody all three agrees. rounds... Asuncao had what I think two good moments where he rocked him. Yep. 
but that's like the tricky nature of it, right? Like Marlon's kind of cruising, and then boom, you just get caught. Yeah. He kind of he stifled uh, Aljamain Sterling as well in their fight, and yep. he just kind of I don't know he just shuts guys down, and then to run through a guy like that, it's super impressive. I I was uh, at least aesthetically, obviously the Marlon Marais finish looks a lot more pleasing and appealing to the regular fan. Uh, but I'm really impressed with the way Aljamain Sterling was able to take a guy that was 22-2. and two, His only loss being a flash knockout to Marlon Marais. And I'm trying to remember his last, uh, the other loss uh, That was as like well. his first fight or something? One of his first first three fights. One of his yeah. first three fights. Before the UFC almost doesn't Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He was like 18-fight winning streak before yeah. he came into the UFC, yeah. right? So um, for Aljamain Sterling to go out there and make this guy completely uncomfortable and, you know, that whole first round, just go for the takedown, go for the takedown, but not even land him. Yeah, Jimmy Rivera did a really good job of taking, like you know, takedown defense was on point. But he was getting pushed up against the cage. He was taken out of his rhythm, and Aljamain certainly would just pretty much fucking zapped his energy like that. I think the second two rounds, the second and third round, he pretty much had fun on the feet because Jimmy Rivera couldn't really pull the trigger or do anything. Right. So that was very impressive to me. Another very impressive bantamweight uh, win, and at least in my perspective, was Peter Yan. Uh, you know, he picked apart a veteran in John Dodson. Um, you know, you can say what you want about John Dodson's decline in the bantamweight division as of late. Uh, you know, every time we see him as well, he looks like a different, like, uh, creature from a movie. Like, now he looked like fucking uh, one of the orcs from Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> he, I don't know, man. Age is not like good a, to him. Like he has clown or something with that hairdo, the way it was. Or... <laughs> Dude, he has, he has, like, Philippine genes and uh, some sort of African-American gene oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, so he's, like, half and half. So he's getting, like, both. This crazy afro with this receding hairline that starts up here. It was just hilarious. He looks like a, like a mad genius fucked <laughs> yeah. an orc from Lord of the Rings. Like... I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I was I was kind of like thrown off. Every time we see him, we just don't know what to expect. Just shave the head, go back to being normal. Yeah. Anyway, back to Peter Yan, though. Very impressive performance, yeah, right? Was, Against a guy who has a lot of knockout power, he pretty much outstruck him. Yeah. You know, the thing um, about Dodson has been his speed, his power and his speed. It may diminish a bit, but Peter Yan still made it look easier than almost anybody who's beat uh, Dodson in the past. Yeah, 100%. That's the whole thing about Dodson. He's tricky because he's so fast. Um, yeah, he, but the thing is that like, he, is, he is getting older now. And he kind of, he, he, guys have kind of figured him out, I guess, to a certain degree, because he does really fight the same way. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not good. It's still a very tricky way, even if you know going in. Like, he's, he has, he has a win over Pedro Munoz recently. Yep. Uh, yep. Like, that, I think that was Munoz's last loss, was it I'm not? pretty sure, yeah. Something like that. So, yep. you know, he's not to be overlooked. And yeah, Peter Yan made it look easy. I think he got, he did get, ca he did get caught once, but I think that was just him getting a little too aggressive. But yeah, he looked amazing. Even back to the Aljo Rivera fight. Yeah. We, I think we, we both thought Rivera's going to stifle the takedowns and win with boxing. I know. And like, we both had that. We yeah. thought it was like, yep. okay, this is probably going to happen. Shoe in. Yeah. yeah. Going in. Cause Aljo to me, he's, he's, he's had some good wins, but he hasn't looked super impressive against the top tier no. guys. So I thought, okay, Jimmy Rivera only lost against Marias. He got clipped with a head kick. I think he'll be able to easily like stifle uh, Aljamain and win with the boxing. But nope, Aljamain kept it in kicking range and he mixed it up well. And then by the end of it, it's just Jimmy Rivera is just mentally handicapped. He, like he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what's coming. Yeah. He's thinking about what's coming. He even He's said in his corner, man. Even in yeah. his corner, he was like, I, I, I can't feel it. I'm he, not here. He, he totally mentally broke him yeah. pretty much by by confusing him to the point where he didn't know how to react to it. So that uh, was super impressive. Al yeah. Aljamain yeah. has never really been impressive with his hands. He's no, always been no. a good dynamic kicker. It's always been the kicking game, right? keeping range. But that's what he did so well was made sure to use kicks to keep it out of the boxing range. Yep. And then Rivera just couldn't land anything. Nope. Couldn't get in close. I really and think it was, was that first round, man. That, that first round yeah. really threw Rivera off and it fucked up yeah. the whole fight. Yeah, um, super impressive. Yeah, for sure. So we know 
pretty much everybody thinks that Marlon Moraes should get the title shot next, right? 100%. There's no doubt 100%, about it. Yeah, Even Aljamain no Sterling, who had an impressive victory, yeah. said Marlon Moraes deserves the title shot. I'll sit around and wait. Yeah. Right? I mean, the only other, like, who else do you got in the top that maybe could deserve it right so now? We, like, we, got the, we got the rankings yeah, up got. here, so l- let's look at this. We got uh, Marlon Moraes, number one, Hafiala Sunsan, number two, yeah. Aljamain Sterling, number three, Pedro Munoz. So we know that Pedro Munoz just got a victory over Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. Um, that's a big victory for him there. So what do you think about like Marlon Moraes fights TJ Dillashaw? I want to shut this discussion down right now in terms of <laughs> in terms of fucking TJ Dillashaw against Henry Cejudo. We're not doing that shit again. Fuck man, it. I'm actually kind of for that. You. Fuck I'm you. Being for real, man. We're not doing that, dude. No, it was no just a, way. It, it was it was an earlier stoppage. Listen to this. Listen to this. So Early stoppage or not, whatever, however that fight played out. But even if it was a five round war where it was a split decision. Let okay, maybe a split decision, maybe a different I, thing. But even if it was a five round war, one sided way, you have to make both guys defend their title. Okay, I agree. Okay, for flyweight, I don't think it's a big holdup if Cejudo takes a fight with the bantamweight champion. But I do see the point that TJ is holding up the division yep. way too much because bantamweight with plenty of contenders. Yeah, bantamweight has too many guys in line now. Um, I so I get it from that standpoint. Don't make that fight. I'm just saying just from what happened in the first fight, you know what Dude, I mean? Like you could see a point for it, but fine. I'm I may maybe I'm kind of coming to that side now. Maybe TJ should probably just defend his defend belt. Defend the title. Marlon is definitely the number 1 contender. Absolutely. That's not even Henry Suhudo, you just beat T- or DJ. Yeah. Defend the title. He's got Joseph Benavides there because Benavides is yes. the last guy to hold a win over him. Yep. So he's still got that yep. fight there. So I don't mind actually seeing that maybe Marais, TJ, and then Both ben of them Hughes. fight one more time. Yeah. Hopefully they both win and then we yeah. do the rematch. Yeah. I'm cool with that. And I'm totally fine with Henry Suhudo going up and fighting for uh, the Bantamweight title and hopefully try to secure that, right? Yeah. So, you know what? Even if... I don't... I, regardless of if they win or lose, I think you could still make the rematch because even if TJ loses the belt, maybe he just goes to flyweight permanently yeah. and goes after, comes after his belt or something. We still but don't know what the I think actual... Could see that fight. We, we still don't know what the future of the flyweight division yeah. holds though, right? So a yeah, lot of guys exactly. are getting cut. A lot of guys are going up in weight. <laughs> totally forgot the, the only other big fight that's coming up, in my opinion, in the flyweight division is Juicy Formiga against uh, Division Figueredo. I keep fucking up his name. Oh, I did. But, that fight's happening? Yeah, that okay. fight's happening, I think, in the next week or two. So... That, that, that fight's coming fight. right up. I think that's a big a big fight. But yeah, Benavidez against Saludo, Marlon Rice against TJ Dillashaw. And what do you think about, we'll end on this one for this topic, uh, either, uh, who who just fucking won? Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. What do you think of that? Do you think Aljamain Sterling should sit around and wait? And Pedro Munoz, where does he fall in this? Who? What's the correct matchmaking moving forward if Marlon Rice is getting the title yeah, shot? Yeah, that is, uh, who's number seven there? Is it Jimmy, Jimmy Rivera? Rivera, yeah. See, I think maybe Peter Yan. In fact, you know, honestly, if Lineker beats Sandhagen, I could see Yan doing uh, getting Lineker next, or maybe a Jimmy yes. Rivera. Yes. I think Aljamain. Yes, please. Aljamain wants to fight up. Which All one? the which lords, one? every god you have, pray to him and On give us one? Peter Yan against Lin- John Lineker. John Lineker. Give us yeah, that, that fucking fight. You love John Lineker. So that yeah, would be a war. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, actually, you're right. They would probably just go right? at each other. I think that's a perfect fight for Peter Yan next. Just because rankings wise, you don't need to to skyrocket him yeah, up. Chill yeah, just yeah, because it's going to be those, like his, yeah. that, the top is stacked. I think Sterling should actually fight up if anything. But yeah. then it's like, how do you? I like the Asuncao rematch for him. It's a, he can get a win back, and it's something to keep him Why busy because Marais has not taken any other fight other than TJ. Am I am I having so. a complete brain fart in Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz have never fought before? No, no, they haven't fought before. Okay, so they let's why, why not line that shit up? But right, Pedro just is, beat a former champ. Is Sterling willing to almost fight down? I, I, okay, I, I guess I can see because he, he just take beat out Cody. a exactly he took out Cody, which right? is a top contender. Yeah, I think if okay, if I was Sterling, I'd probably want the Asuncao fight because he's ranked above me. Yeah, I'm not going to get Marais for the champion, and I can get a win back over him. 
But then again, that is also a tough fight. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess the only two options, it would have to be Asensio or Munoz. I'd go, I'd probably favor Asensio for him. Uh, no? I, I got to go with Munoz. I, I want to see. Right, fair enough. I think that's it's, the perfect. It's a, it's a tournament too. right there. You get Marais yep. against DJ, TJ and Munoz against Sterling, who are the two other uh, viable contenders, at yeah. least in my opinion, right? Uh, they, they should they should really pull Cruz out of the rankings right now. Fuck man. that guy. He's, that's not. That's just a totally he's, he's another topic. For, he's <laughs> for, like, fuck that guy right now. He's completely injured after like a year or two again. All right, so we're pretty much going to move right on uh, onto our next segment, which is uh, the top performer of the month. Okay. So we're pretty much recapping February right now. So that went from pretty much the the Brazil card all the way to the card before UFC 235. Can't remember that off the oh UFC Prague. That was the last event. So, Tony, I'll give it off to you. Who do, who do you uh, have as a top performer for February? Yeah, I was looking over the events earlier again for February, and it has to be Marais over a sunset. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, are, are you saying you disagree? I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say <laughs> I disagree. Maybe, okay. Because, okay. okay, think I, I do agree in a sense that, like, with Marlon Marais, he is a guy that put on a performance that secured him a title shot. Yeah, that's if it's one. if it's not a title victory, at it's least just, securing a title shot is it, close enough. Yeah, it's over. It's 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 who he did it against, and the fact that he also just avenged this loss. Like he's already been smoking guys. Yeah, he comes in the UFC has his close fight with the Sun Sal, gets a mulligan, and then just runs through him too. So now he's on. I think he's what on a three fight winning streak. Three is three KOs. I think three in K- a row and they're all too. finishes. Yeah, they're yeah. all KOs over top guys. Aljo. He like cemented himself as just consensus number one contender. <laughs> He's probably going to be the favorite going into a fight with TJ. I agree. Based off the performance TJ had and the way yep. he's been looking. Nope, I agree. So like that, that just the way he won. If he had won a decision, we probably would have been like, okay, yeah, like that's kind of what we expected. But he just he went totally above and beyond. Cemented, yeah, yeah, cemented himself at the top. A sun saw is a hard guy to put away, and Marlon Marais yeah. made it look easy. Yeah, very easy. Yeah. And Marlon Marais is a scary motherfucker. Yeah, like, so that's I'd have to go with him. Okay. Man, I still remember. This is just a little offshoot of Mar- yeah, Marlon yeah. Marais. I remember when Mel- Miguel Torres left the UFC, and then like one of his first losses ah, outside yeah. was to Marlon yeah, yeah. Marais, and I'm yeah. like, "Who the fuck oh, is wow. this guy?" No, I was kind of like, "Wow, Miguel Torres is really falling down. Huh? <laughs> he's, 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 he's out of the UFC, and now he's losing to to <laughs> the guys in regional promotions like Marlon Marais." <laughs> and look, who, no Wikipedia look who page got. back in the day. Yeah, nothing, nothing. nothing. He was like nine and four at that oh, time too, or God. something. I'm like, "Who is this guy? He actually beat Marlon." Okay, yep. oh, sorry, um, Miguel. Like, yeah. All right, cool. I, I remember we thought we thought really highly of Miguel Torres, and I think yeah. we kind of started coming in on the decline of his career as well yeah. too. Yeah. So I, I like I think the first fight I saw Miguel Torres was when he got choked out by Benavides in oh, WEC. God. So yeah. and that was like his first loss in forty fights. Apparently, it was a killer back in the day. Yeah. So we just have to take nope. their word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <Poor> much. <laughs> uh, so uh, in terms of my top performer of February, I had to go with. It may not have been a fight that secured this guy a title shot. But it did secure a UFC record for him. I had to go with Charles Oliveira. Um, he had that beautiful submission victory over David Tamor, um, you know, in a fight where a lot of people did not think that uh, Charles Oliveira was going to get this fight to the ground or that, you know, he had the takedown ability to get David Tamor to the ground. He didn't need it. Exactly. <laughs> he outstruck the striker. That was like, super impressive. How, how impressive is that to the point, like, everybody thought his only real victory in this would be to secure a submission by getting the takedown, but... Did not need that at all. He looked amazing from the get-go. And, uh, you know, I, I believe I passed on him in my own bets, but I was kicking myself for fucking... I put a bet on Oliver. Oh, man. I, I, well, I thought he was... I thought, okay, it's striker versus grappler, yep. but um, in terms of striking and, well, in terms of each 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 discipline, Oliveira, like, the gap was way bigger in grappling. Yes. Oliver was just a much better grappler than Tamer was a striker over him. Yep. So I thought, okay, that's that's probably going to... I think Charles Oliver is going to submit him, but... 
Yeah, he just kind of went at him and outstruck him, <laughs> rocked him. It's like, well, what the hell's going on here? That was totally unexpected. Yeah, super d impressive. D win d for him. What made it even more shocking was the fact that, like, looking back at David Tamer's past fights, he did a very good job of keeping his range, keeping his com composure. And, you know, maybe he had a friend scrab here or there. Whatever, say what Man, you want okay. about this. <laughs> Those brothers need to work yeah, on. Yeah, they got to chill the fuck out and like grabbing the cage. You know, I was really yeah. happy when his brother in the last yeah. fight got a point deducted yep. right away because right I'm away. like, no Look, fucks. They given. keep doing this thing. This yeah. is this is like a habit. They're synonymous thing. for this shit. Got to take the points away. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, say what you want about that, but he had relatively good takedown defense, and Charles Oliveira isn't really known as the best, you know, takedown artist. Yeah. He just smothers guys and tries to just drag them to the floor but, and. You know, you know what's funny? It feels like recently when he moved back up to lightweight, especially since the Will Brooks fight, like yeah. that was when I noticed I'm like, he's like out wrestling the wrestler. Like he wasn't known as one. Yeah. Okay. I, I, like, I don't know if Will Brooks has just kind of fallen that much, but he was a really good wrestler, especially in, Dude. in Bellator. He looked like, I know he had a really bad run. Will I Brooks. know. I know. That's, that was, a, that, he was, oh man. Nick yeah. Lentz. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, he's, he's coming off like back-to-back -back <laughs> wins over Michael Chandler, their champion. And then the kind of, I don't know. What, what a fuck it. Yeah. Maybe we'll save that for another Nick segment. Nick on a different he was episode, in that terms fight of, too. I he know. just gets choked, but just such but a yeah, I just remember takedown. when he, the way he took down Will Brooks, handled him, and then just choked him out. I was like, his wrestling looks pretty impressive now too. Yeah, and it was surprising because he's moving up from featherweight too. Yeah, and he's never been known to you know as a strong guy like that. But yeah, he's been looking great. Uh, so yeah, I had to go with Charles Oliveira, and in terms of the UFC record that he broke, broke it was thirteen submissions in the UFC, and he's been fighting since two thousand eleven. I want to oh, say we, or two thousand ten. We saw his debut. I think he didn't he have that the the calf slicer. Oh, he lost. No, 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 no. Sorry, his debut was a triangle choke over Darren Elkins, I believe, in like forty seconds, and then oh, he fought Efren Escudero, oh, beat him. Man. My memory so, is so Charles short with Oliveira that. is one of my guys. You know those low key. Yeah, like, he's <laughs> one of my guys. Like every time he loses, I'm always so upset and disappointed in him because I love the guy. <laughs> But he's he's put together a really good run, so I'm, now, I'm excited yeah. to see what's going on with him. So, uh, next big story that we got for today's episode is uh, the heavyweight landscape. So the big fight that happened in this division was obviously Cain Velasquez, the return of Cain Velasquez against uh, Francis Ngannou, former scariest man on the planet, um, <laughs> uh, or baddest man on the planet, Francis Ngannou. So. Francis Ganu comes in uh, off of victory over Curtis Blades, knocking him out in the first round in uh, UFC Beijing. I believe that was back in November. And now he comes back and knocks out, or kind of knocks out? I don't know. I, I, I would call it... <laughs> well, it was a flash knockout for sure. At least. So I, I showed Big Rob this one as well, where the guy said it was his knee that actually gave out compared to actually getting knocked out by that punch, right? So we got the casual's point of view where he believes it was the knee. Um... So Tony, like, let's just get your quick thought on like what what do you what did you think it was? Was it, it was, the punch that knocked out Cain Velasquez, okay. or was it the knee? It, he definitely got a flash knockdown there, but I think during that is when the knee buckled and he couldn't continue because of the knee. I think he probably would have been rocked and might have even been able to recover because yep. we've seen Kane kind of like he he's gotten hit by Congo, especially yeah, the Congo. Yeah, that play. one was nuts. He kind of gets clipped, rocked, but he'll immediately jump in at the legs and shoot. It seemed like he kind of wanted to do that, but his knee gave out. Yep. So he did get a clip coming in, but you never know. He could have just popped back up, grabbed him wrestling, and done what Kane does to everybody. The knee is definitely what led to the, the fight stopping. Them. Yes. Because even when he collapsed, he screamed and was like, like seemed in pain. Not that he was hurt. 
Yeah. So I do think he went out for a split second, and during that second, his knee buckled and it gave out. I just um, did you see that video? Oh no, I think you actually sent that to me, right? Which one? When he was training and it it, it might have oh yeah 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 it was the open workout yeah the yeah open workout the fighter so the it might have been fight. a little loose and it yeah. just kind of gave way then yeah as soon as he got the flash knock you know. uh, the only fuckery about that though is like his cam coming out and being like you know it was a shot to the back of the head an illegal shot to the back of the head nah. that that was have, when he did the hammer fist thing and it it totally missed I know I I I know I think it was I think it was one of his looping punches that hit Kane. And they're trying to say that was an illegal punch, but like oh, no, no, it no, can't no. be an illegal punch when he doesn't intentionally meet yeah. him for the back of the head. It, right? it was there it's was just, definitely a short uppercut yeah. that snapped his head. Yes, back and that's where him. I think he went out for that split second that exactly. eventually tore and up his knee. During that, it, his yeah. knee, it, it, that looked really awkward the way yeah. he fell on his knee. So, so regardless, Poor whether Kane. it was the knee, whether it was the uppercut, Cain Velasquez comes out on the losing end here. Yeah. He still banks a cool three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I think that. Was his uh, payout it, for this yeah, fight? Three hundred fifty or four hundred fifty thousand. It's pretty crazy. funny how he's not ranked and then he debuts at like number seven after getting knocked down twenty <laughs> yeah. seconds. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, number seven. <laughs> but obviously we know it's Kane. Exactly. It's Kane. <laughs> so Francis Ngannou gets the victory here. Uh, looks kind of dominant, if you want to call it that. Once again, uh, what's next for him? Do you think he deserved deserves uh, deserves a title shot, or do you think? Uh, you know what? What do you think is going on with the heavyweight division? Because we got Brock Lesnar out there, we got fucking Francis Ngannou yeah. out there, we got Derek Lewis fighting this weekend against uh, Junior Dos Santos. You know, Cormier apparently just wants the big fights. He only has two fights left, something like that. He was saying. Well, I think I think now they're saying uh, just Brock and he's done. Oh, like I think that's I. I don't know if I see. Part I'm of me is like up, but I'm torn. I'm torn up about that. Like, because yeah. okay, like you want him to get the big money fight, right? Here's the thing, though. Okay. I'm a wrestling fan too, right? I do the pro wrestling. I get it. So I, I get watch it. Brock Lesnar. I know about the behind the scenes yeah. WWE stuff. And I don't know if Brock is going to have another UFC fight. Because every time he's ready to do it, Vince McMahon throws a whole bunch of money at him. <laughs> and then he stays there. Uh, and he's Yeah, getting, why get punched in the getting, face for real? when They actually just released the salaries. He's getting paid in the WWE. I, th- I think you you told me the numbers, but... Uh, it's what is it, 500000 per main event appearance and twelve mil a year. <sighs> I mean, that's it's to gonna not be, get punched in the face. Yeah, to not to to, to, to throw not people actually around, get punched in the face. To throw people around. He's just suplexing guys anyway. <laughs> so I I don't I don't think I don't actually think we're gonna see Cormier Lesnar. Okay. Um. So I don't know what to do with that. Like in my I, opinion, I you know what needs to be done. You think? What do you think? JBJ needs to go up. Yes. The, John okay. Bones Jones needs to go up. That's that's a given because. Heavyweight can use him, and light heavyweight, he's done everything anyway. And yep. There's no contenders. Nobody wants to see him fight. Well, I, I, at least I don't want to see him fight Thiago Santos. I don't care. I know. I no, like, no, no, no. I need to see that fight. Really? I need to see. It'll that be fight. fun, but he's gonna. Dis- no, I know, man. but it's, it's gonna be fun while it lasted. <laughs> True. I guess he could get hit with like a spinning back kick or something. But I'm giving man, Thiago it's... Santos a shot, and I don't give a fuck what anybody. You're giving says. him a shot. Okay. I'm not not like a shot in terms of like I think that he deserves a title shot. I'm not saying he's winning. Okay. You know what? He surprised me against Blackovitz. I thought he was going to get owned. Uh, exactly. And, and he, yep. he fought well, count, yep. and he, he cleanly beat him. So, I don't know. He could surprise. Anthony Smith, for instance. Do you remember his Cesar Ferreira fight? Very, I remember, very I remember just being so down on Anthony Smith. Because yeah. I'm like, he was getting taken down without even, like, yep. any effort or anything. And then now you look, and he's, like, stuffing John Jones's takedowns, yep. too. So, um, I don't know. Like it, it, maybe Thiago Santos, same thing. No weight cut going up. They're gonna start looking more beastly and better. Like all of a sudden, maybe the grappling gets better too, just because they're not as drained and tired. I don't know. So maybe you could pose a threat, but after Thiago Santos, I don't know who you got. Like there. there's well, well, in terms of heavyweight now though, like 
there's really nobody outside it's gotta, of... It's got to be DC Jones for the heavyweight right? title. I, like, I, that has to be. I think DC you would agree Jones. in this line of thinking that they should do Stipe Francis too. That's... As a main event, so make it five rounds two, if they need five rounds again. 100%. For those two, that's what I was going to say. For either uh, the vacant heavyweight belt yep. or just the number one contender, depending. I don't know if yep. maybe DC just vacates and goes back to light heavyweight yep. phase. Whatever yep. happens, right? Yep. I think those two should fight. Whether it's for, yeah, a vacant vacant belt or number and one And then we got, we got Luis Dos Santos this weekend. And then we got Overeem and Volkov fighting a couple weeks later. This reminds me. Okay, quick thing. Because yeah. I've, I've seen this brought up a couple of times too. What's that? Let's say, let's say Derek Lewis gets by JDS. Mm-hmm. Would you... How, how would you feel about Nganu Lewis too? I know this one hurts you a little more than it hurts everybody else. I don't know if they know the story This motherfucker had to bring it up. Yeah, it's, it's This bad. motherfucker had it's to bring bad. this shit up. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. <sighs> should, should, should I go for it? I, <laughs> What was it, like a 10-fight parlay or something like that? I've, I've told Big Rob about this one, too. Yeah, actually. so... I, 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 had a, I had a parlay, yeah. pretty much everything hit. Uh, I think it was 12 fights. Everything 12 fights. Hit, with one of the longest odds being uh, Cormier inside to win inside the, the distance against Stipe at plus 425, plus a bunch of other underdogs. And my surest bet on the yeah. fucking parlay yeah. was Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis to go... Uh, to not go three rounds, yeah, and it so th- most definitely did with the yeah. least amount of strikes thrown in a fifteen-minute yeah. fight. So these so. are <laughs> these are two monsters. They're talking crap about each other. They KO everybody, and they get to the cage that day, and they just stare at each other for fifteen minutes. What happens is Ngannou just didn't want to attack, and then Derek Lewis's back blew out, so he didn't do anything. <laughs> so but he 15, threw just enough. He, he threw, threw just, just enough. enough to win a decision that nobody cares about. Yeah, and meanwhile, it's like. That ruined his parlay. Like the most surefire thing is the I thing know. that ruined it. Was it like, was like it, it was, was five. I think it was ten bucks for like four grand. Jesus, yeah. that's just not the way to lose that bet. That's uh, not fair. Okay. Get, anyways, anyways, getting back to on. that fight but, but though. Yeah. Outside of I, that, would you? Would you? I, I wouldn't I'm mind. I'm actually down to see that fight. I, I think mind. they deserve a mulligan. I agree. I don't I think do. Ngannou's going to show up and mentally yes. fold like that. I hope Lewis's back will be. Yep. Even if Lewis's back's not okay, I think Ngannou would actually go after him this yeah. time. He's gotten over that. He he got I the Blades it, victory in yeah. Velasquez win. I'd I, actually be down to see that. I, I if, as much as it pains me to say, I would be down to see Lewis versus Ngannou too. And you have to think. DC said, if it's not Brock. Or Jones, it's probably going to be Stipe. He said those are the three guys. So if he's not uh, going to fight John or Brock, he might actually just rematch Stipe. The thing with Stipe also is he does it realistically. I don't he think deserves he deserves a rematch. You think the, so? No, just off of merit alone, like longest reigning heavyweight champion, three yeah. de- three de- three defenses, which isn't, and we much don't really division. have a standout contender right now besides John Jones if he wants to move up and Brock Lesnar is pretty much the only other candidate due to the money factor that You're he brings right. into this right based off resume who and are, skill who else is the standout fighter yeah. that deserves a rematch right Miocic merit and I guess because of record maybe not due to the fact that he got you know absolutely dummied by Daniel Cormier and got finished but ugh, I don't want to see it I want to see John Jones move up I want to see 100%. them you know, I want to see because we're going to get a better DC, in my opinion, too. And we need to have that fight ASAP before he gets even older because he's already 40 or 41, yeah, whatever the fuck he is. He's talking about his, his uh, he almost blew his back out from sneezing. Yeah, no, I don't man. like that. I don't man. like that. So we need, get on the DDP we, need him, <laughs> we, we need him at his healthiest, which is at heavyweight, so he doesn't have to cut any motherfucking weight. He can eat all the Popeyes that he wants and he can just, you know, train as much as he wants. He doesn't have to worry about cutting any weight. 245 DC. That's fully what we need. hydrated. Happy Daniel Cormier in his yeah. prime, maybe still, against 
John Bones Jones yeah. making his uh, heavyweight debut. DC's older, but he's, I think he started MMA at 30. So yes. he doesn't have he too much MMA yes. mileage on him. I agree. So yep. I think that's why, plus he's just so damn good. Yeah. Um, that's probably why he's been able to go for as long as he is, yeah. has. But yeah, definitely, I think he should get that third Jones fight at heavyweight. I mean, even for Jones, I know he talks about like, oh, he like that fight doesn't interest him. But really, like, why not? You can go up to heavyweight and get a second belt and get three wins over yep. another guy who, if you weren't around, would be pound for pound king, probably. Yep. Like that, we know we're getting. I, a, I feel like that's. We enough, know we're yeah. getting a depleted DC whenever he goes to two hundred five. Yeah, he still puts on massive performances, yeah. even against you know, even in the John Jones fight, he was doing relatively well before he got caught with that head kick. Well, so, the second fight, he yeah, was the second fight, he was doing really good. So it was yeah, it was, yeah, I remember. Yeah, you could was, arguably say if that was a heavyweight, maybe he would not have gotten KO'd. But I don't know. Like it was a perfectly landed shot. John Jones has talked about obviously landing up that head kick for a long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. And he ended up lining it up. So, uh, yeah. So moving forward, pretty much, I want to see DC against uh, John Bones Jones at heavyweight. 100%, I would like uh, to see that. Tony's down with that. Tony. Yeah. Is doesn't even mind a Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis rematch. I guess I'm down with that. I guess we'd, we'd have to see like uh, if if Lewis can get by JDS. Yeah, if he gets I think by if Lewis JDS. loses to JDS, I, I'd, I'd probably do Ngannou yeah. and Miocic. Yeah. If Stipe even takes the fight. Yeah. It doesn't look like Stipe wants to take yeah. any fight outside of a title fight, though. So, yeah, that's pretty much wrapping up our heavyweight landscape discussion, which is going to bring us to another segment before our last main story. Uh, so... I don't know if anybody used to watch back in the day NBA TV. They used to have a program called Double Dribble. I, I like the concept that they have where they're able to co- uh, cover a boatload of topics with minimal time. Uh, it may have been stuff that you guys have heard about already. You know, we're already, a, you know, a couple days removed from February. So I'm sure you heard most of these topics already beaten to death like a horse. But there are still some topics I believe we should be able to cover in a very small amount of time. So me and Tony are going to be covering five topics, uh, one minute each. Uh, and my man, Big Rob, is going to be, you know, mediating it for us, uh, making sure we're on the uh, on the clock, uh, you know, just one minute. Uh, and then we get both of our perspectives and then move right on. So there's a bunch of things, small things that happened in February that uh, I believe we can sort at least one minute each uh, for this. So I'm going to bring in my man, Big Rob, uh, to kick us off with the first one. Uh, what's up, Big Rob? Thanks. Hey. What's up, buddy? <laughs> it's weird doing this not with you as the casuals. I know. <laughs> but we appreciate you here as always. So, uh, yeah, let's let him get comfortable and get us right into the first topic under uh, Double Jab. Okay, guys. So the first topic here, George's St. Pierre retirement. How do you view his career and what did he mean to you? Okay, so GSP clearly one of, I guess he could, a lot of people consider him the true GOAT. Like when you look at his whole career as a whole, like his his, uh, his entire resume and the fact that there was no drug test controversy yep. over any of it. Uh, I think Silva pretty much took himself out of the running. I feel like it's between him and Jones, and most people go with him because of the drug test controversy. I'm not going to argue that at all. Yeah. Um, I, I obviously like I don't like the fact that he he probably could have gotten more finishes, but he did fight super smart and totally shut down his opponents. And uh, he was, I, I still remember the first fight going in uh, the 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 Matt Serra fight when we were watching when the the build up to that. That was probably one of the biggest fights I had ever seen up to that point. The the reception he got, that was like we we pretty much started watching. I think from when he f- fought Matt Hughes in the yeah. interim title fight, yep, yep, and then going into that fight, and from then on, um, it was. I don't really know what else to say <laughs> about GSP. Really, um, wh- yeah. All right. 
All right, that was one minute. <laughs> all right, all right. So in terms of my views for George St. Pierre, the one the one memory that I'm always going to have. So most of, I've already talked about this on the MMA Lawcast in the past. Uh, I used to do a lot of volunteer work for the UFC. So one of the first ever events I helped with them with was uh, UFC 129 uh, when he fought Jake Shields in Toronto. The first ever event in Toronto. It was freaking great. Um, one of the first tasks that I had on the first day that I was working with them was to go give a schedule sheet to George St. Pierre's room to his coach or to whoever, his manager, I believe it was. And they gave me his room number, and I'm like tripping. I'm like, oh my God, George St. Pierre is going to be there. Oh, fuck, this is my first time. <laughs> like, this is the first big star I'm ever going to see face-to-face and shit like that, right? So he opens up the, uh, he didn't open up the door. Somebody opened up the door, and I can see George getting a back massage. And he looks over, he goes, come in, man. And I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. I just have to give this. And I fucking dipped, dude. I was like, I was so starstruck. I was so starstruck. In my opinion, I think he's the GOAT. Um, You know, he did it the cleanest, like you said. Uh, You know, beat the best competition that was out there for him. And I think he's the GOAT. Thank you, Big Rob. Perfect. Keeping us on the ball. Yeah, man. All right. what's, uh, What's number two? What do we got? Okay, so is Jose Aldo back? All right. So I'll kick this one off. Um... So we're talking about Jose Aldo uh, just beating Hanato Moicano this past uh, this past month. Uh, looked pretty good doing it, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm not totally sold, man. I think that Moicano style was more so like a style that you know he point fights and doesn't really look for the finish too much, in my opinion. You know, Cub Swanson is is susceptible to getting finished nowadays. But besides that, he's more of a point fighter, in my opinion. Uh, and I think with that, Jose Aldo was able to open up his striking a little bit more. I'm not completely sold on the fact that he's back, but I think the next fight that he has with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky will probably be like a good barometer in terms of if he's back or not. I'm not completely sold that he's back. You know, you can say what you want with the two victories that he has that he's coming off of right now, but uh, I know I got to wait for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and see what that what he has to say um, about Jose Aldo uh, and his so-called return. You think he's back? No. I'm I'm totally with you there. I'm not fully convinced that Jose Aldo's back yet. He's got he got two good TKO wins, but in the Jeremy Stevens fight, he was arguably losing that round before he fought. He got the the body shot to finish. Yeah. He was still getting tagged. Uh, Kenny Florian mentioned it in the Panic of Low podcast how he's um, he's still he, he's he's being a little reckless in these exchanges and kind of leaving his chin out there. So someone can like he's still open to counters. So uh, someone against uh, some like a high level striker like a Max Holloway or Connor, they're still probably going to be able to to, to touch his chin and put him out. Uh, it almost feels like. Um, before he was getting all these decision wins and stifling opponents, but now he can't really do that. So now he's just the fighter in him is coming out. He's throwing back, and that's how he's getting the finishes. How long can you really do yeah. that for? Especially when you have so many miles on you. So I'm not totally sold that he's back yet. Um, we we'll we'll see, but I don't know. Uh, just against the top tier, I'm not sure. Do you think he okay? Do you think he gets by gets by Alexander Volkanovsky? Yes or yes. no? Just give me yes or no. Yes, because Volkanovski, has, the, the way he got tagged in the Chad Mendes fight, I, I can totally see Aldo okay. putting him out. Yeah. Okay, okay. If you get into a, a slugfest with Aldo, you're probably going to lose that. Stuff. Okay. Uh, Rob, what's number three? What have we got? Okay. Thoughts on Stefan Struve's possible retirement? All right, so Stefan Struve. I think we saw his first run in the UFC, Paul Buntello. Oh, yeah. I almost remember watching that in your basement, this giant six foot yes. 11 guy. So much promise, 22 years old, all the time in the world to get better, and he kind of never really did. He just he stayed at the same level. I, I, to be fair, it could be this heart problem that didn't allow him to train properly. and get. And I think it was the Matt Mitrione fight that he had to pull out. 
Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he he kind of looked um he looked really uh sluggish in the Mark Hunt fight too, just kind of standing stationary. And I think that's when the heart problems started. So maybe it was a cardio thing too, but. I think a lot of it just had to do with him not training properly. Like, why didn't Stefan Struve develop a jab? <laughs> like, that's really the only the only the punch basics, he needed to man. have, and he probably would have been able to beat anybody. The fucking basics. Um, overall, he did have a good record. Um, he had a respectable record. He got a lot of finishes. He has that big win over Stipe. Still remember him being yep. an underdog, and I think I cashed yeah. it on that one. <laughs> and it was surprising now in hindsight yeah. when you look at how the, where the careers went after that. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, Stefan Struve, a, a good a good record, but uh, probably didn't live up to the hype as much as he could have. All right. Uh, at least for me, like I, I kind of, you know, chime the same sentiments that Tony has in terms of, you know, a guy that Stefan Struve was never a guy that reached the potential that a guy with his frame could probably achieve with maybe a better fight IQ, maybe better fight preparation. I don't know what more he could do. You know what I mean? Like, there are some guys that are just huge, like uh, Juan Adams, for for example. This guy's a big dude, but he can move much better than Stefan Struve. You know what I mean, I'm not saying he's the most tactic, uh, technical fighter right now. He's still really green, green in his own career as well. But with Stefan Struve, we never saw, if anything, we saw more uh, of a deterioration of his skills. Like, I remember where, you know, you would kind of be... Uh, even scared or terrified of his guard even. You know what I mean? Like, people were too scared to even go on the ground with him because he did have decent jujitsu for a big man, for a heavyweight. He had decent jujitsu, and but I didn't feel like we saw much of that uh, in his later fights against Taibura where he got controlled by a striker. So, uh, good for Struve. You know, uh, if he gets gets retirement, good for him. Uh, but I don't really care to see him fight anymore. Yeah. I mean, good career. It just yeah. it felt like a little, like maybe his expectations. He fell short. Yeah, it was a little yeah. short. Yeah. All right. What do we got? Number four. Okay. So, uh, Bellator uh, Welterweight Tournament thoughts. And uh, who do you think wins? Uh, so, I'll kick this one off. Uh, just a quick reminder for you guys. Uh, Naaman Gracie is waiting for the winner of Rory McDonald and uh, John Fitch, who fight in April. And then we got Douglas Lima fighting uh, Michael Venom Page in round two. Uh, so in my opinion, I think the Dark Horse pulls this one off. Well, first of all, let's just talk about the quick fights. Uh, MVP and Paul Daly, very underwhelming fight. Uh, you know, it came down to one specific takedown, I think, in the fifth round that gave it to Michael Page. But, uh, you know, very underwhelming in terms of the fights that we were most anticipating for this tournament. Uh, Douglas Lima looking like a fucking monster. Great win for him over Andre Koreshkov. Uh, Naaman Gracie, I think, defeating the dark horse of the tournament. And he himself becoming the dark horse of the tournament, in my opinion. I think he has a really good chance. And uh, I think that we see Rory McDonald beat John Fitch, but then lose to Naaman Gracie. So I'm going to take Naaman Gracie as a dark horse winner of this tournament. I think Douglas Lima has a great opportunity and, and great chance to win this. Um, and I think that he would beat Rory McDonald if he's the one that he ended up facing in the finals. But uh, I think Naaman Gracie takes this uh, and secures a Cinderella story. What do you think, Tony? Um, like you were talking about uh, on the the, the uh, daily page fight, how disappointing that was. I think that pretty much made Douglas Lima a very big favorite on that side of the bracket. Um, people are almost writing Page off now at this point if you're going to get <laughs> oh out-wrestled by Paul Daly. I would have um, lo loved to see the odds for Lima versus uh, MVP before yeah. this Daly fight would have happened, but continue, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So I definitely agree with that. I think, um, well, I don't I don't know about Neiman Gracie necessarily winning it, although I do actually think he has a better shot against Rory than people might think. And yes, I agree. I think Rory will easily stifle John Fitch grappling yep. and just destroy yep. him 
in the stand-up. That's a buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually I actually think Lima's going to take it. I think Lima's going to beat okay. Paige. And uh, I would probably favor Rory if he comes out like the animal he should come out as. But he's he's almost, since the Lawler fights, I don't know if he's quite the same anymore. He's still doing enough to win in Bellator. But... Yeah, I was surprised at how much of a beating he took against Lima, though. Um, but either way, he still pulled it off. So I actually think Lima's going to look, it's going to be Lima Rory two in the finals. And I All think right. Lima's going to take it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. Last one, Rob. Hit us. Okay. With, uh, Whitaker take, sorry, with Whitaker pulling out of, uh, UFC 234, which past UFC fight week pull out, um, had you most, uh, depressed? Tony. So who do you, which fight in the past? That pulled out during a UFC fight week, a last minute pullout, had you most depressed? Right off the top. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, kick it off. I'll kick, kick it off. off. I, I have mine already ready to go. I got Khabib Nurmagomedov pulling off, putting out against uh, Tony Ferguson the day of the that's, whole Tiermasu gate. That's the first thing I was going to that's, think. That's Tiermasu yeah. gate. Yeah, I probably have to. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with that, that one. That was the day of. That was day of. I think you're right. Was it the weight cut and then that's when he fought Lando Venato? Fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> they've had a couple of they've had yeah, a they've few had a couple fallouts. they've had a couple of follows for sure. Okay, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with mine in terms of I yeah I, that that one had me the most freaked out. Like I think that was the third time they had it together or the second time they had it together. But regardless, we know in the lightweight division that's the fight that fucking needs to happen. If there's any fight that's needs to happen in the past two years, it's been that fight. Even three years, if you want to take it that far, and neither of them were a champion at that point. But I think that's the fight that needs to happen, and I was so fucking gutted. Like I, I, one of my boys, NP on on Twitter, he uh, was flying out to New York from Minnesota to go see Khabib. He thought he was going to see Khabib Holloway, and then he got off a fucking, uh, got off the plane, and it was a Khabib Ally Quinta. Like that one happened overnight, and that was crazy. But yeah, okay. that one had me the most depressed. Yeah, that, what about you, was- Tony? That that was uh, that, that was the pull up for Tony pulling out. Yeah, that was the, a pull up for Tony. Was, but I'm just saying, like, that's just the one been I was so many say. heartaches. That's so. that was actually the one I was gonna say because that one happened before, and that one was the one you're talking about, the tiramisu where it could be pulled out. I think yeah. it was the the weight cut, his liver shut yeah. down or something like that. That one was heartbreaking. But then you get to this one, and it's like the fourth time we're booked. Okay, we're gonna make it <laughs> this time, right? No, Ferguson trips, falls, and destroys the most his freak knee thing too at a media event, and then yeah. that fight has to fall through. Then on top of that, we think, like you said, we're getting Holloway Khabib, and we have to settle for I Quinto Khabib. Ended up being you're a good settling fight. with that first year. Like, all right, I guess I'll go with Holloway Khabib. And then we don't get that either. Yeah, ended up being a good fight, but it was yeah. like two big fights right before that in the span of like two days, yep. which was called off. Super disappointing. Everybody at this point just wants to see Khabib and Tony. I feel like you need to get them into bubbles when the fight's <laughs> announced and have them train as bubble boys and just until they get into the cage. I love just it. Just so we can actually see the damn fight. Do you think we ever see that fight? I hope we see it. You think so? Where, you know what? That is the perfect leeway into our next segment, which is our last main story of the night, oh, the which is debauchery. the featherweight debauchery that's going on right now. So uh, for those who don't know, well, most of you should know if you're watching this fucking podcast, uh, <laughs> Max Holloway is going up in weight to fight Dustin Poirier for the interim lightweight champion, which is lineally belongs to Tony Ferguson. But oh my god, there's a lineal interim. There's a lineal interim champion now. now. So pull out your fucking charts, pull out your science books or whatever the fuck you need, and plot out this <laughs> chart of where the champions currently remain in every fucking division and interim champs and all that bullshit. But regardless, we're getting for some fucking reason. Well, we know Tony Ferguson turned it down. He was supposed to fight Max Holloway. Regardless, my question is, 
why the fuck with everything that's going on in both divisions in my opinion both are booming divisions we're getting this completely useless on stupid fight logically it makes no sense to me obviously entertainment value it's gonna be fucking amazing i won't be complaining day of the fight or even week of the fight i'm I'm sure i'm gonna have a fucking hard on the whole week thinking about this fucking fight but regardless logically and like for the the order of things it makes no fucking sense to me what what, what do you make of this shit yeah it definitely doesn't make any sense you got the number three lightweight fighting the featherweight champion for the interim lightweight title that just so is he is he champ champ does he become champ champ if he wins champ interim champ so the 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 sick the yeah i don't know what you want to call that i don't even the ICC, we need a we, we need yeah. a term for that we need a term because yeah, it, makes... it might come into existence we I there just... was a high the, based on the odds which i currently think have max holloway at like minus yeah, 250 two and a half, i think two and a half to one. it is very likely that we see an interim champ champ or a champ yeah. interim champ however the fuck you want to stage yeah, it. yeah here's the thing I, I i do think holloway should should win that but you never know going up to lightweight I don't know. I, I I definitely favor him, right? If he wins, though, I feel like just give Ferguson the real belt fight against Khabib, even though Max always the interim champ. And what, Maybe have him belt? go fight featherweight and defend his belt while the Tony just gets his title shot. Because Tony cannot get any fight unless it's for the actual lightweight belt. Khabib shouldn't, be, should Khabib, Khabib shouldn't be Khabib accepting should any out. fight yeah, he should hold that has anybody else's name other than Tony Ferguson's name on that contract. Yes. Same thing with Tony Ferguson, vice versa. And the thing with Khabib is you'll probably only get like one or two more fights out of this guy. He only likes to fight like once yeah. every 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on top of that, he's just been paid way too much money yes. now with the Conor fight. Yes. I think just because he's like honorable and a savage warrior like that, yeah. he keeps saying that him and Tony have to get this they fight gotta, done. They got to resolve that shit. Been booked. You got to get it done. Yeah. So I don't care who's an interim champ, whatever. I still feel like when Khabib is ready to fight, he should be defending his real belt against Ferguson. And 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 one thing that I really want to nip in the bud too, because I had this conversation on Twitter earlier today regarding, oh, let's not book Tony Khabib because we're never going to get that fight. Every time they get it together, they're never good. Somebody always pulls out. It doesn't matter. Whoever you put them up against, you know, even if Tony was scheduled to fight fucking... Uh, Conor McGregor or some shit. If an injury happens, it's gonna happen. It's gonna it never. Happen. It doesn't matter who the fuck is the end opponent is. It's just crazy. Cool you have to just book happening. it. Book it twenty times if you have to. I don't give a fuck. These two need to fight. They are clearly the best two lightweights in the world right now. I think Tony Ferguson would beat Conor McGregor as well, but that's a different discussion. With his featherweight debauchery, though, so you have again Max Holloway going up in weight. When I still think that he still needs to have a couple performances to secure himself as the goat of the light uh, or the featherweights. Well, you got okay. you got viable contenders there right now. You know what I mean? Uh, big, could you pull up the rankings real quick? Oh yeah, I got it. I got that it. Visually. I got oh, it. that was on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, featherweights, featherweights, featherweights. Yeah. The, okay. The thing about Holloway too is you have to. He hasn't defended the belt too many times, but he had yeah. to beat like everybody on the way to the belt. So he has beaten a, a lot of guys. Okay. okay so he's beaten Aldo twice. He beat Bert Ortega. That's one and two right there. one and two. Yeah. He never fought Edgar, and I felt like Edgar was the last guy he had to beat in that division. Although he's at the yep. tail end of his career now, yep. and I actually don't care to see that fight as much anymore yeah um and then yeah you just got the, the volkanovsky aldo right you got that fight which yeah. i think should determine number one contender if volkanovsky wins because oh, yeah, nobody yeah, wants 100%. to see aldo fucking that's the thing yeah he's Holloway just uh, two to defend you also have zabit magomed sherpa fucking finally cementing his name in the top six now he should be fine i mean at opinion, this point but... based on this it looks like we should probably get zabit brian ortega i like that I like right? that. Or maybe Zabit gets Frankie. I don't know. Do you know what's up with Frankie? He hasn't fought since he beat Cub. I'm not sure. I feel like he's scheduled. I'm not... 
I he feel might, like he, uh, yeah, he might have got injured. I think he got scheduled again. Um, yeah, but um, but either way, it looks like yeah. There's no. Way I don't. See that. I don't. No do you do you think Holloway actually ever goes? I okay. If Holloway becomes the interim lightweight champ, he might just vacate that title, and then you 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 might have to do like maybe a mini tournament with the winner of Aldo Volkanovski maybe fighting the winner of um, Ortega and Zabit it should be or it should be it should be winner of Volkanovski and Aldo against Zabit for the vacant title if Max Holloway vacates. Really? You think but yeah. Zabit directly into a title shot? Why the fuck not? Jeremy Stevens know, is a D- Jeremy Stevens is a stiff win compared to like the other guys are Mirsad Bektik is still there but he's But he's number 6 move. right now to get number 6 in the light in Okay, the but who title. who's ahead of him? I don't know what the I, would, I would think Edgar. Ortega would be Zabit versus Ortega would be a great fight. I I think Ortega would have to be one guy in a vacant featherweight title fight. Okay. I think they would 100, 100% do that and okay. then probably the winner of Aldo Volkanovski. Okay. I think Ortega seems to want to fight right now in the summer. Dude, chill out. You just got pounded on in December. I don't even care to see him fight until like the end of the year, maybe November, December card. That's true. And then he could probably easily just take his time, wait for Volkanovski Aldo to play out, and then get the winner of that. I, I think that's probably the better option for him. Because uh, outside of Aldo, there's no really no real upside to him fighting anybody else. Yeah. And you know, and it's probably just a good idea to rest right now. In in terms of okay, say Holloway loses yeah. against Poirier. Uh you know, I think that might be the best course of action for both divisions, even though it would have a little bit of a stain on Max Holloway's career. I think it, you know, for the order of things, again, I think that if Max Holloway loses, he just goes back to featherweight and continues to it defend his title. It would kind of return normal. Exactly. And then Poirier, you know, I wouldn't mind if he fought Khabib next, but we'd need Tony Ferguson versus Khabib again. We're done with that one. Um, so we get uh, Aldo Volkanovsky, uh, Zabit, hopefully gets a, a big shot up there. Um, fuck, man. I really hope that if Holloway wins the interim title and they do end up booking Khabib versus Holloway, uh, that he vacates 45 and let those guys... I think he will. He's he's he's, uh, he's not as young anymore action. and he's massive, yeah. so I don't think he's going to want to keep he's going He's a big that fucking dude. He's made his mark at featherweight. Yeah. Like, I don't think he needs to do that much more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's not like a super clear-cut contender either. I mean, you've blown out number one and two. Yeah, and there's still still a couple of fights that so, have to happen. So just, uh, yeah, just wrapping this part of yeah. it up. Um, do you think that um, this was the right move to make? Was it right move for nah. Max Holloway to fight Dustin Poirier? For the no, title? the 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 fight should have been actually what Khabib had suggested months ago. I saw this. He said, "I think they're going to do Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier That's for the, the interim lightweight title." That should have been. The That's fight. what the fight should have yeah. been. It shouldn't have been Tony Ferguson I getting know. offered a Holloway fight. I know. for the interim title. It should have been just straight. Him I think. I think Tony said on the fact that he only wants to fight Khabib next, so we'll see what. How he's that... already the interim champ. Yeah, he shouldn't he have to champ. fight for he the is title the lineal, again. It's, we'll say it again. He's a lineal yeah. interim champ right now. So he is the interim champ. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it for the featherweight debauchery. I think we've kind of worked that out. You know, it is what it is. We're going to be able to enjoy at least a great fight of Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier, which is actually going to be a rematch. So that should be interesting to see where they've grown within the years that they've last competed. And we're going to cap off this episode with our most anticipated fight for March. So we're actually recording this on March 7th, which means that UFC 235 has already occurred. So that's kind of already out of our uh, possible options because, you know, if we had put fucking John Jones against uh, Anthony Smith as the most anticipated fight. We would have been like, ah, (laughs) fuck, man. Like, uh, we would have been really let down once that fight actually finished, eh? Uh, Okay, so I'll start off with mine real quick. I, I got to go. There's there's two fights that, that stuck out to me. The honorable mention is just for the pure chaos and violent violency that's going to gonna transpire. It's going to be Jack Marshman against John 
the white Mike Tyson Phillips. Those guys are just going to fucking stand and throw bungalows. But for me, the guys that take the cake is uh, Leon Edwards against Gunnar Nelson. I think that I, I, I've been a big fan of Gunnar Nelson ever since he's come to the UFC. I think this is a big fight in his career, at least for his trajectory in terms of where he goes in the welterweight division after this. Leon Edwards is coming off the biggest win of his career against Cowboy Cerrone. I think that, uh, you know, both guys have a lot to prove. It's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, Gunnar Nelson's karate style going up against Leon Edwards' you know, more technical, savage style with his striking. Um, and is Gunnar Nelson going to be able to get this to the ground where he probably wants it and probably has the biggest advantage as well. So I got to go with Gunnar Nelson. I think that it, you know, really sets... I think maybe the winner of that fight should fight the winner of the main event, which is Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal. Maybe that sets up the next that. contender. You know I mean, while Kobe goes and fights Kamaru Usman, we get, uh, you know... Till Masvidal winner against uh, Gunner and uh, Leon Edwards winner, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my you know most anticipated fight fight for the for March. What do you got, Tony? And just to kind of piggyback off that, Leon yep. Edwards is like another one, like Charles Oliveira. He's one of those guys like I really love him. I've watched him since the beginning, yeah. but he does he does get a lot of these wins where he. He, he he definitely wins the fight, but not super impressively. Yeah. So I feel like he's probably got to get like a good TKO finish. It's like that. It's it's like, like that Michelle Prezeris rise before like he got finished in his, or lost in his last fight, yeah. where he put together eight straight wins, nine straight wins. But it's against you know whatever guys, but and they're not the most impressive wins either. So yeah, he is kind of suffering from that. But yeah. what, what do you got as your most anticipated fight? Man, I have to go with. Um fight that's going to be fireworks barbosa <laughs> how the funny thing is when to. i brought this up that's like he goes i know what the fuck I'm yeah i'm like don't tell I, me but i think i know i just pulled up the uh, the, the the cards happening and saw that i was like oh hell yes <laughs> sign chaos. me up for that one um yeah that's probably going to be complete chaos i think it's it's a five round it's a main five event. rounder um so, we'll yeah. need him yeah, so you never know. Like you could see, maybe maybe Barboza knocks his ass out like really quickly, <laughs> or maybe Gaethje just zombifies, yeah. goes into zombie mode, withstands it, and just overwhelms him in the fourth or fifth and finishes him. <laughs> I kind of hope that's what happens, yeah. just for entertainment's sake. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely have to go with Barboza Gaethje. That has that fight has fireworks written all over it. Just super excitement. It's a Gaethje fight at the end of the day. Um, I do think it's a really tough matchup for him, though. I was gonna, I was gonna get your take on it real quick. Just give me, give me a a two sentence blurb of who do you think wins and why. Man, it's almost like fifty fifty. It's like can Barboza finish him in the first two rounds? Because if he doesn't, he's probably screwed. But if he, if he, he, you know what? I'm, he, I'm actually going to go with. Justin Gaethje okay. in like a late round finish, okay. like a late, well, like a fourth round TKO. Well, I'm sure we're Barboza gonna. still gets yeah. wild when you get go after him. Yep. He'll he'll kind of like just to get you out of his face, just kind of keep throwing. Yeah. And if you can withstand that and kind of stay out of the way of the KO shots, you can generally pressure good. him. That's how he loses generally, just pressuring. Benio Dariush pretty much had his number until he got until he got rocked kneed. with that knee. Ferguson, and, Ferguson yeah. just once again just walked through all the strikes and walked him down and finally got yeah. the submission. So Justin Gaethje's got the style there. Um, even even the fights where Gaethje's been put out, it's it's not been like just from one shot. It's been like an accumulation. Yeah. Uh, Barbosa well, yeah. can definitely do that, but I just I don't know if he can put up with the pace, especially yeah. on a five round fight. So I'd probably lean towards Gaethje in that. But either way, I, I think I think the fight's gonna be. I can't. I can't insane. fucking wait for that. It's fight. gonna be pretty insane. I can't fucking wait for that. Um, yeah, well, I, I'm sure we're gonna touch on that in the next episode for sure yeah. when we cover uh, March. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We got the first show under wraps. Uh, I think it fucking went awesome. I loved it, man. I, yeah, I it was not fucking too bad. great. Right, My yeah. man Big Rob did great with I the double so. jab. 
Guys, this was great. Fuck yeah, awesome. man. I, I'm excited for what's to come. And I think we got something really special I mean, here. It's so natural for us to talk about right? MMA. I, I, know, I know you were a little bit nervous. I know you were a little bit yeah, nervous for coming sure, into this. For sure, man. It seems like you really got you really got into the groove, like yeah. a little bit into it. So I'm super excited to keep this going, man. It's it helps me Any me other myself topic, as well. Maybe I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? but, but it's like this is MMA. It's man. so natural for us. We just we, just like, seeing Big Rob's reactions to some of these things too is fucking hilarious because he's just like these guys are probably nerds, nerdy as fuck. But <laughs> you guys know your shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited to do this. Uh, we got a lot of fun things for you guys coming. Um, trust me, I, I I know we got something special with this, and we're gonna take it as far as we can. Yes, so, sir. Um, yeah, this is gonna be on the MMA LOTN YouTube page. Uh, make sure you guys like, subscribe, do all that shit that you guys do at the bottom. Uh, hit us with comments in the, the the comment section as well. You know, give us some topics that we could probably use for the next episode uh, for the double jab. You know, what I mean, I got a couple that are already in my mind. Uh, but you know, if there's certain topics that you guys want us to hit from March, uh, we would be happy to cover them in the next episode. So make sure you guys uh, check that out. Um, I got this is coming out before the UFC Wichita card, so I'm just gonna pump it out real quick. I got three plays locked in right now for uh, my lock of the night picks. Uh, coming off a big win over uh, UFC two. 35 clean the whole board uh crazy fucking event but we're going hard with ufc wichita this weekend uh and i'll be back personally myself to break down what's the card after this one ufc london i'll be breaking down ufc that's london for you guys Madden next though? week yes yeah. that's the next one so i'll be back in the studio with my man big rob next week uh to break down break that down for you guys but uh yeah hit me on twitter man let us know what you guys think of the show where we can improve and uh anything that we can help entertain you guys even more so uh me at MMALOTN. We're eventually going to get Tony on fucking Twitter, I think. Uh, oh, by the way. Social media? Yes. We're, we're going to get his ass on there. But uh, I, I wanted to start off the show by introducing Tony, a.k.a. Tunes, which is kind of our nickname for him. Uh, and also, I, he's never heard this one before, but I had to fucking do it. A.k.a. the uh, Keto King. Instead, if, oh, the if Keto Shab, King. If, if, Shab, King. if Brendan Schaub is a Keto Kid... My man Tony is a keto king because this guy fucking wrecks it. But I'll let him next next episode. I'll let him fucking break down uh, what he's all into, and he has a lot of shit oh, to man. offer you guys as well. So uh, I'm really excited for him to share that with you guys too. But that's pretty much it, man. We're we're done. Well, that's it. Yes, sir. We're out. I think it went well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peace. We're out. See you later, guys. <laughs>